No problem, but we get a freebie, right? Since you messed up the order. Max rolls his eyes. I'll ask my boss. He gives me a long stare, looks toward the kitchen door again, and then he's gone. Trey and I follow the directions on the note and sneak out the back. We hop the fence and squeeze through the neighbor's cypress hedge, and we see the Valencia's car waiting at the curb. Max is on the phone again, keeping an eye out for us through the open driver's side window. The car is an old red junker. I think it used to be a cab because it's got one of those partitions between the front and rear seats. After we get in, Max turns around and looks through the opening. Okay, here's how it's gonna go. You can ride with her, but you're gonna have to wait in the car when she goes in. Security reasons. Nope. Trey opens the car door and we start to get out. Wait, wait, Max says, raising his hand. Hold on a minute. Eventually, we reach a compromise. Max confiscates our phones and my backpack. Trey can come in the building, but not inside the office when I meet with Ms. Waters. I don't especially like either of those provisions, but as long as I have my Kronos key, I can go for help if we run into trouble. The car's windows are tinted so dark that we can barely see outside. When Trey says he doesn't think that much tint is legal, Max just grunts. I'm pretty sure we crossed the beltway a few minutes back, but that doesn't really help to pin down our location. A 20-minute drive means we could be in D.C., Northern Virginia, or still somewhere in Maryland. We pull up in front of a row of ordinary-looking townhouses and walk up an ordinary-looking sidewalk toward an ordinary-looking door. The numbers by the door are missing. The living room is clearly lived in. The coffee table is heaped with papers, envelopes, a computer manual, and several detective novels. Trey parks on the couch with something by Janet Ivanovich. And then Max ushers me into a tiny office to meet the head of the fifth column, a resistance group within the Cyrus ranks that might, just might, give us a fighting chance at stopping the global disaster my grandfather is planning. No offense, I begin, instantly wishing I hadn't. In my experience, that phrase almost always sets someone up to take offense. But I don't know you. This could be a trap Saul has set up. There's no way I'm handing over the keys or anything else until I'm convinced it isn't. Julia Morell Waters tilts her head back slightly and levels me with a stare. Physically, she reminds me of her mother. Her skin is a few shades darker, and she's a little plumper, but she has the same deep blue eyes. The smile seems the same, too, although I only got a brief glimpse of it at the beginning when she thanked me for helping to get her parents out of Georgia alive. And while she's a good 40 years older than Delia was when I last saw her in Georgia— it's obvious that Julia was just as stunning as her mother back in the day. Her tone of voice and her attitude, however, are 100% able waters. At least right at this moment. Because I've just questioned her orders, again, directly, explicitly, and this time, to her face. I'm not trying to be combative. I'm just exhausted and not at all clear why this meeting couldn't have waited until morning. It's been less than three hours since I watched Abel, Delia, and Kiernan climb out of Martha's root cellar and into the back of Simon's car in 1938, Georgia. 
each still in possession of the Kronos keys I was there to collect. A few hours of sleep doesn't seem like too much to request before being forced into a shouting match with their daughter. And while I feel bad about yelling at an old lady, she's not being reasonable. You do realize we could simply take what we want, right? Julia says. That would be even more true if I was working with Brother Sut. Saul, I say through clenched teeth. She's said Brother Cyrus half a dozen times in the past 15 minutes, and it's beginning to grate. The man's name is Saul Rand. There's no Brother Cyrus. Julia closes her eyes and sighs. Yes, but when you work on the inside trying to overturn an organization as massive and paranoid as Cyrus International, you learn to play things carefully. It's a good idea to cultivate the habit of calling the maniac at the top.